At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. In three, two, one... Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for military and first responders. On the last show, we had a paramedic on talking about equine therapy and other cool stuff. And today I have back in studio, John Sr. John, thanks for being here, pal. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. John and I are both Army guys. I apologize for the Army taint on Tango Romeo. I'm uh, getting first responders in here as much as I can to sort of balance out the voice. Well, to balance it out too, I'm also I half my career as Air Force, so that, that balances it too. <laughs> that, that, that does. That softens you right up. Like, <laughs> you're pretty much a, a big marshmallow now because of the Air Force. That's right, yeah. Okay, uh, today we are talking about choices. Um, another yeah. way of looking at it is personal responsibility and avoiding victim mentality is yeah. the point of, of a lot of this. So there's a lot of things that we did choose. There's a lot of things that we did not choose. And I want to start with the most douchebag comment ever that I have heard, John has heard, other people in our peer support group have heard, uh, which is this. But you chose your profession, you knew the risks, so quit whining about it. Kind of, kind of epic and powerful, isn't it? It's supposed to, that's supposed to fix everything. <laughs> right there, right? Hey, dumbass. <laughs> you, you chose it, so like, just get better because you knew what you're getting into. Like, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> Most douchebaggy comment <laughs> ever. It truly is, yes. It truly is. Wow. Yeah, very now, douchebagging. No, there's a lot of reasons that um, people will make a comment like that. The number one reason, though, is that they just don't know any better. If they knew better, they would do better, as yeah. I say quite often, because it doesn't stop being true. If they knew better, they would do better. So let's talk about what was a choice and what wasn't. Now, first of all, uh, John, when you signed the dotted line, did you say, yes, um, I'm willing to die for my country. Yeah, that's that was a given statement right there. And then when you sign that dotted line, you know it's life or limb. Yep. And if you're, uh, had you lost a limb, uh, were you prepared to lose a limb? Mentally prepared right from day one. I absolutely understood that I could lose a limb. Uh, being in the tanks at the very beginning, I knew that if I lost a, le- a limb, it would most likely be a leg in right. the tanks. So we there was an accepted, learned, known risk. So had you lost, let's say, both your legs on one of your tours, one of your multiple tours, mm-hmm. if you had lost your legs, uh, would you expect the, the, the government to provide you with prosthetics? I would expect that, yes. Now, if you lost your legs on one of your many tours and you came home and the army says, you knew the risks. Yeah. You knew the risks. So... I don't want to hear you whining about your lack of legs. You knew you were going into a freaking war. What did you think you were getting Dude, into? the hair in the back of my neck just stood up right there because there's, 
that's betrayal. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, dude, like I'm really right now, I'm just, I'm levitating within myself. And that little green monster on the inside is just pulling his hair out, just bouncing around, just thinking about this statement right there. Yeah. That is. And I would hope that people that haven't served can yeah. also get upset about this idea. Yeah. If you get a physical injury and you come back and they go, so what? Yeah. You knew what you were getting into. So what if, uh, uh, so what if your friends died? So fucking what? Mm-hmm. So what if you lost your legs? So what? Mm-hmm. You knew the risk. Yeah. How douchebaggy is that? It's, it's beyond douchebag. It's. It is. And you, you just see your hair there. It is beyond a douchebag statement. It's flat out freaking evil. Yeah. It's, it's so disrespectful. And what that can do for a person uh, just in a snapshot here, because I know we're on a time limit of a few minutes, but the thing is, if that guy wasn't fucked up and in a shell before, after hearing that kind of statement, oh or God. being or being dropped out in the street by the government like that, yeah, he's going to be done for life. End of story. That guy will be done for life. And when I say guy, I'm talking, it doesn't matter if a female soldier, male soldier, whatever that, brand or that stroke. Soldier, that soldier, that person. That soldier would be done for life. Yeah. Like literally, you would never be able to pull that person out of their shell. Just a little pause right here before we uh, go forward. I want to apologize for all my previous shows and all my future shows <laughs> and this show uh, for any time that I've been gender biased. Uh, and I mean that. I'm not being facetious. I really mm. do mean that. Uh, cause our sisters that wore the uniform, you know, um, wow, you know, the amazing human beings. Yeah. And, uh, so if I'm, yeah, it, it it's all equal. And you know, I, that's exactly it. I mean, I'm sorry and, and for I the don't... masculine bias on the show. I happen to be a dude and I know a lot of dudes and I hang out with dudes cause my wife gets mad if I hang out with, with women, women all the time. So, um, that was supposed to be a joke. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Um, so I do apologize for that. So if you feel left out, if you've been listening to this and you happen to be female, male, or something in between, and I don't say that facetiously either, I really mean it. Um, regardless of who you are, what your gender is, uh, you're included and this is for you. And uh, so any use of our language that makes you feel other than I, that is not our intention. You know, when I do, when I do, the Pierce, when I do the Pierce port thing, I do the same thing. I, I mean, yeah. I don't care what trade they are. I don't care what service they are. I don't no. care what gender. I just, I just say the dude, the guy, whatever. And that is generally all inclusive of, and you know what? The service people out there, they're hardcore. Those, those people are going to get it. And so. This I show is so inclusive. I'll even, I'll even include, I'll even include Van Dues. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a joke. I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah I know if, it's if a joke. But... <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're an infantry person, if you're in the infantry, you know that we're joking around. I'm yes, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. Je suis désolé. Je, je suis désolé, my Van Du friends. Yeah, just a little bit of brotherly love out yeah, there. That's a, a little bit of, that's a little bit of brotherly love. That's, all <laughs> that's it exactly it. They are good. Yeah, okay, so carry on with that statement, please. I mean, like, I want to get back to that because yeah. that is so epic. Well, you're talking about douchebags. Yeah, we're talking about the douchebag thing, exactly. And what you said is... For, for the people that fall through between the cracks, how can you get that back? How can you recover from that? I mean, like, wow. Just yeah. abandoned like that. You would never, never expect that. Um, and, and and again, I'm still, I'm actually still coming down from what you said before yeah. near the beginning of the show here because it was like, I could just not even fathom that. I can't comprehend something like that happening, right? So, so let's circle back. If you came yeah. home without any legs and yeah. the government and the public yeah. said to you, you knew what you were getting into. 
Yeah. You knew better. So don't complain about your injuries. That would be just beyond comprehension, horrible and disrespectful and just flat out fucking evil. Mm -hmm. So John, when you joined the military way back in, you know, the thirties, I think it was, wasn't it? Out of 60 years. I was in the early 90s. <laughs> okay, early 90s. <laughs> yeah, in the early 90s, yes. So back when you do, joined the service, um, uh, how much information was given to you about post-traumatic stress disorder and the risks and the, and the implications that it could have on the rest of your life? Nada. Zip. Zero. Nothing. Not even close to being on the radar. Okay, so you, so you signed the dotted line not knowing, but surely before you went overseas... You, uh, d- how much information was given to you? Like we were given vaccines. We ran the gauntlet of 8 million vaccines to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're so pumped full of chemicals that we couldn't see straight. But out of all this pre-training, all the, all this uh, cultural sensitivity training, yeah. language training, all this that went up before we went overseas of all that training to prepare us, how much was to prepare us for an operational stress injury? Uh, first tour, nothing. Zippo. Nothing. I, I, and that, when here's, so here's how it happened. Um, for our very first tour overseas, people would just disappear. Gone. And you're like, oh, hey, um, when's, uh, Mike from, when's Mike from <laughs> Canmore coming back? Oh, he's not. Um, we have a replacement on the way. And that's as far as mental health went. <laughs> so, so literally back then, early 90s, people would just disappear. Yeah, they'd be, and what we mean by that is, uh, and just the right person disappeared when I was there. And we don't mean die. We mean uh, they wigged out. They yeah. had a, they had a meltdown and were sent home. Yeah. And nobody said a word. Nope. Nor did they go. Let's say your sergeant uh, uh, flips out after an incident and gets sent home. Nobody came up to the section and said, and if you're an American squad. You know, uh, but uh, Canadian infantry, it's uh, a squad is a section, about eight or 10 guys, give or take. And um, nobody comes up and, and goes, geez, you know, Bob just freaking wigged out. Uh, how are the rest of you doing? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Why do you think Bob wigged out? There was no such thing as battle fatigue no. or all those other kinds of terminologies that has manifested through the years. It's the same thing over just different words and stuff. But the, uh, so back in the early 90s, they would just, they were sent home and you got home at the end of your tour and you report into work and their locker is empty. Their space is done. And it's, you had no idea. You got nothing. Second tour. So late nineties, we had, I think it was three hours of (laughs) between one and three hours about battle stress, battle fatigue. Uh, They never call it PTSD at that time. Okay. It was just a critical incident, de-stress briefing. That's all it was. That was it. And that was the late 90s, okay? <laughs> now, well, what year was your last tour? Uh, that was 10, 2010. That was Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, was there any mental health before and after or during then? A lot. Actually, beforehand, there was a lot. Uh, we got more than five hours worth. <laughs> I'm sorry you're laughing, but I, I'm sorry that that's the truth. Like, honestly, God, that, that's it. We got a lot. We got five hours worth. We got an absolute shit ton of talk about mental so, health. So here's why this is fucking hilarious. 
John and I have been friends for a few years now uh, through a, a peer support group, and we help and talk about and and deal with mental health for a couple of hours every couple of weeks for years. I've been going to a therapist for two and a half years now, every single Tuesday for an hour, and I'm still not right. Yeah. Um, and part uh, of our resiliency training was five fucking hours. <laughs> and that was it. In a war zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so to the douchebag that says, suck it up, buttercup. Um, you knew what you were getting into. You know, uh, yeah. you knew it wasn't going to be a picnic. You know, um, you're a douche because the mental in injuries that we received and that so many receive, and it is an injury. This is not a platitude. It's not a euphemism. Um, it, it is an actual neurological change in your brain. Mm -hmm. You can see it with a freaking MRI machine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it and, is documented. Yes. And it's not necessarily one bad thing. Um, and you don't necessarily know what, it was that caused the injury because it probably wasn't just one thing. It's a combination of all the way back from your childhood to present day and everything in between. It just so happens, uh, say if you're a first responder, it's death by a thousand cuts. You keep seeing this evil shit every day and it chips away, chips away, chips away. In a war zone, uh, it tends to be a little bit more intense. Uh, it's just a lot more in a shorter period of time. But mm -hmm. one is not greater than the other. That's right, yeah. The end result's still the same. The end result's just the same. The, yeah. mo the modality of injury is completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, um, this is what we are dealing with. So it, uh, And none of us knew what we were getting into when, when we joined the military. They do... Now, like my son, when he turns 16, if he, um, he's an army cadet, he's just turning 13 right now. Mm -hmm. And he's so smart. He says, dad, I really want to join the Calgary Highlanders when I turn 16. I said, bang on, let's do it. You know, he says, but do I have to deploy if I don't want to? I said, no, you don't. And he, he asks that yeah. he, because he's seen what his dad has gone through yeah. because of my deployment and it's horrific. And he knows that. And he doesn't want that for himself or mm -hmm. even the risk of it. Not everybody that gets deployed uh, gets PTSD. But um, that awareness is there now. It sure as hell wasn't back when we signed the dotted line. I, I want to rewind just for a second here. The, um, the you know, we when we're in the military, combat arms, we, we sit there and we do these drills. We practice and practice and practice and practice. And what that does is builds up a certain level of resiliency to to fear, right? I mean, to, to bursting through the door, you know, doing door kicking kind of stuff or uh, being in a tank and doing tank stuff or being artillery and doing artillery stuff. It makes no difference. You practice your drills, you practice your drills, you practice your drills. And what that does is it, it makes it an autonomic response kind mm -hmm. of thing. The thing is we practice for all these offensive things. We don't protect ourselves. And this is where the R2MAR program came into was explaining. The what program? The resilient road to ready road to uh, mental readiness R two R. Okay, so okay. It just uh, whenever we use an acronym. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the city police have adopted it. The RCMP have adopted it, and variants of and other places have adopted the road to mental readiness, which is actually a resiliency program. Had we have taken the time in service to prepare the resiliency aspect of this, the knowledge of this kind of stuff beforehand the the amount of people 
getting these mental injuries would be a lot less. And it would be like a mental flak jacket. A flak, a flak yeah. jacket isn't bulletproof. That's right. You know, it doesn't make you indestructible. That's right. But it does make you more resistant to in injury. So it would be a mental flak jacket. That is exactly it, right? And then that, that is a perfect analogy to use for, for the audience out here right now to understand that. And the, but, you know, looking back at it, it's like, it's so obvious, but why haven't we done it? Why do we not do it? You know, we're starting to adopt this now in the Canadian forces, right? But it does, it, what does it do? What's it going to do for those other people? And especially now, because, I mean, the civilian population takes so long to catch up to what we're actually doing kind of stuff. So that douchebag statement you keep saying, which is what? You knew what you're getting into exactly. when you decided on this profession. So don't whine about it. That's right. So it's going to take some time for a civilian population to catch up to what actually is happening now because so many people out there still believe that when you're in the military, you, your housing is free. You, you know, all these other things are free. We don't pay taxes. That is utter bullshit. And same with that statement. Well, the people that are saying that statement do not realize there's a whole lot more to that whole thing. And we did not make an informed decision. The choice we made was based on what we wanted to believe at that time, which was, hey, I'm ready for life on limb. I, I, I'm okay with that. It was not discussed at all, not accepted that you could get an operational stress injury, PTSD or whatever it is, some kind of mental health injury that would affect you for the rest of your life that could cause irritable bowel syndrome, could cause erectile dysfunction, that you're going to go through so many marriages. I am, I'm about to start my third freaking marriage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what does that say? You know, I came back from deploy one time and a full 30% of our crew of the people we deployed, a full 30% had a divorce within two months of return. Did we accept that? Did we, was that in the contract that these are the possibilities that we would have to understand and accept? No, 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 it wasn't. No, nobody told me that I uh, might be plagued with nightmares for mm -hmm. the rest of my life. Uh, nobody told me that the person that I would become would be, would be, would make the type of dad that would damage my children. Mm -hmm. Nobody told me that. No. You know, and thank God I caught it in time so that my kids weren't damaged any more than, than, than what they were, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, because of how we deal with them. And, um, we didn't know, but today's about what is a choice. That's right. So this isn't about, uh, Hey, we're a victim. This is uh, what we've said, talked about up to this point is about simply about awareness. That's right. It's, awareness, not, it's yeah. not asking anybody to feel sorry for us. Uh, just asking for people to understand. Yeah. You don't have to feel sorry for us. We don't, we don't need it, not asking for it, but, um, just to help people understand what our situation is. Okay. So at different points, you have different choices. Mm -hmm. Um, today at group, we talked about all kinds of incidents like road rage and whatnot, and how we, we can make a, di a different choice. When you get out of, um, when you're an, an, an alpha person, you know, alpha female, alpha male, like you're, you're the big dog. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really tough for you to not be in charge of something. So when something happens to you, uh, you tend to respond rather poorly to it. So, um, let's talk about being a tough guy or tough chick, um, versus being compassionate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so when you wake up in the morning, 
are you worried about if people think that you're tough because of what you're wearing or the motorcycle that you're riding or the club that you're in? Is, is that what you're looking for? Because if that's what you're looking for, um, to be that alpha, to be above others, to physically intimidate and be scary to others, well, it's going to be tough to be that person. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's your goal in life, is for people to fear you and to think, "Ooh, you're big and scary." Have you ever been to a funeral mm-hmm. to a where you listen to a eulogy about how big and scary somebody was? And yeah, it's like, never happened. <laughs> it, 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 that doesn't happen. Yeah, it, you know, not not in a positive way. Um, when you're at the eulogy, if somebody was a compassionate, kind person, those are the people that are loved, cared about, and, um, and truly respected. Yeah. You don't hear the negative stuff at eulogies and everything else. Um, and getting to this one here, you talk about, but the choices and stuff, you know, it's, it's about being in control. I think it's like making that acceptance. Like, you know what? I don't now in hindsight and where I'm at now in my life, I don't see myself as a victim. I choose to not be a victim. Right. So I'm not going to go and I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to go look for the indicators to reinforce my victimhood. Okay. I am a survivor and I'm happy with my life. I'm thankful and grateful. So I have chosen the path of healing and moving forward and moving on with my life. When this all initially happened, I didn't. I was, I was in absolute denial. That was my choice. This can't happen to me. I'm bulletproof. So I had no idea what the cold sweats are, the diarrhea, the nausea, the vomiting, the, the headaches, the shakiness, the I can't think clearly. I had no idea what all that stuff meant. I was in absolute denial and I chose to be in denial because <laughs> I was going to lose my career if I accepted it. Choices. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about choices, right? The biggest choice that I, I really want to uh, talk about here, mm-hmm. uh, these segments are only uh, 30 minutes long, so yeah. we're, at, we're at 2140. Okay. <laughs> um, the biggest choice uh, is the choice of gratitude mm. every day, every morning, every moment. The choice to be uh, of gratitude, which is takes you on a, a constructive healing path. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I forgot to preface. Yeah, that's right. So um, at, all these choices uh, boil down to two things. You have two paths that you can take. That's you right. can take the constructive path that builds your life. That's the blue pill. <laughs> sure, that's the blue pill. Or you can take uh, um, the, the the red pill and uh, and and be angry. Yeah. You know, it's a destructive path. So you can have yeah. the constructive positive path or the destructive negative path. That's the split. And you're always at that fork in the road every time your anger starts to uh, to come up. Every time you're yeah. about to smash back at somebody yeah. who ins- who you think insulted you, probably didn't. We are presented with these choices you're talking about right now, the decision, make the blue pill or red pill, how many times a day, right? How many times a day? So you got to be cognizant of this. You have to be aware that this these are everyday choices, moment-to-moment choices sometimes. So let's not use the pills because that's going to get matrix. Uh, uh, but let, let, okay, let, yeah. let, let, let's say the good path, the constructive yeah, the path. The healing path and destructive path. Or yeah. the destructive path. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, so gratitude, when you wake up in the morning and you find something to be grateful for, 
that's getting up on the right side of the bed. Yeah. You know, try to, uh, to the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, write down five things that you're grateful for and mm-hmm. say them out loud after you write them down. It makes it real and it puts your head in the right place. It gets, yeah. uh, it gets you on the right rudder, the right course for the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you forget, just remember later on to go, Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, yeah. f- and find two, three, five things to be grateful for. If they are the exact same things every day, that is okay. It just means you're not that creative, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. You know, to the audience, you know, I just can let them know that being the, the gratitude thing, it works. The thankful gratitude stuff, it really does work. I am very grateful for where I'm at right now. I'm grateful for my relationship. I'm grateful for my friendships. I'm grateful for so many things. It makes a difference because it puts me in the positive mindset. It makes you happier. It does. It makes you happier because you can't suck and blow at the same time. You can't focus on what you are grateful for uh, and be bitter at the exact same time. You have yeah. to You have to pick a channel. You know, you can't watch both channels at the same time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, when you find yourself angry, bitter, um, uh, feeling that that you're a victim or you've been victimized, stop. Yeah. Stop. Take a breath. Observe your situation and proceed. And proceed on the healing path, on the good path. Yeah. Instead of the bad path. So one path is gratitude. The other one is anger, bitters, bitterness, mm-hmm. victim, being judgmental. Always choose the path of gratitude if you are in. Uh, if you're on a bad path, another time to stop. Um, when your mind starts spinning, your mind starts spinning with um, worst case scenario. You know, um, catastrophizing, catastrophizing, and you and and you're seeing a situation, and you and you see Armageddon as the natural result of this. Mm-hmm. Stop. Now, yeah. stop is an acronym. Stop. S for stop. T for take a breath. O for observe and P for proceed. So mm-hmm. when your brain is going to worst case scenario, stop, take a breath, observe how you're feeling and what you're thinking about, and then measure it out. Like, is this really realistic? Yeah. You know, this guy that I'm killing in my mind right now in the mall <laughs> that I'm murdering with a, uh, with a spork, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, what are the odds that he really is going to attack that girl? Yeah, exactly. Catastrophizing is self-prophesizing, which is going to make something come true. And you're just going to be in a worse mindset. You're, you're taking that wrong path, that negative path, instead of the constructive path, the healing path, right? So essentially, what we're saying to the audience right now is just be aware of your decisions. Take that moment. Use that STOP acronym. Take the moment. Think about it. Move forward with the least amount of damage possible so you can heal. And is your de- decision in every incident going to be constructive? Mm-hmm which means healing for your life, mm-hmm. or is it going to be destructive? Yeah. Now, I know it's hard, everybody. And I know you may be as frustrated as John and I are that we got to work this goddamn hard just to have a decent, healthy, happy life. Mm-hmm. But that is the shit we're in. It gets easier with practice. It I've does. been at this now since 2011. Now I've been at this. And it's it gets easier with time, but you can't, it's like, it, it, it comes out of nowhere and hits you at times, you know, and it's, you gotta be very cognizant of it. You have to be aware of it and you don't let your guard down. It doesn't mean you have to be hypervigilant the whole time. You're just gotta be aware that you have a short fuse. No, it, ne- it needs maintenance and it's, it does. It's, it's like inspiration. It needs to be, uh, 
recharged every now and then. Like it, what happens if you only take a shower and put on deodorant once? Well, it wears <laughs> off pretty quick and you start to stink. So it, it's the same thing with all this mental health stuff and making like sure that, that, uh, that like good. you're going to start to stink pretty quick if, yeah. if you don't keep, uh, uh, your eyes on the prize and keep practicing and yeah. keep practicing and, and keep bringing yourself, um, to a point where you go, stop, Yeah. stop what I'm doing here. I'm about to react. I'm pissed off. What, how do I better respond instead of react? And if, again, I'm referring back here in a second. What you're saying is so, so potent again to people to forget or not want to remind them is that the more you practice it, just like our drills, the more natural becomes and you don't have to think about it on certain things. This is, this is where I'm at on certain, on certain things in my life right now. I don't have to think about some of these tools. I'm just using them as second nature. Yeah. And it does happen. It just yeah. becomes second nature. Yeah. Um, these are your battle drills. These are your immediate action drills. Your IAs and stoppages, buddy. IAs and stoppages. Yeah. So uh, learn how to stop, take a breath, observe, decide then proceed that's right and when each time you do this you are deciding one of two things i'm going on a good healthy healing path or i'm going on the road to destruction mm -hmm. john senior thank you again been a pleasure this is operation tango romeo the trauma recovery podcast <laughs>